you can go buy a new automobile, but you, you can't get a new body. And so uh, you're your own mechanic. Howdy, everybody, and welcome to episode 163 of the SupersetYourLife.com podcast. This is your weekly dose of entertainment, education, and inspiration to fuel your life inside and beyond the gym. Robert Ladd is joining us again today. He is a deputy sheriff whose duties include assistant SWAT team manager, sniper, impact weapon instructor, drone operator, and he's on the dive team. So needless to say, I do not mess around with this dude. Uh, aside from work, Robert is a biohacker and tech geek, a bodybuilder and fitness enthusiast, and most importantly, a proud father of two strong boys. One of them is working out out back too, isn't he, right? He is. He's got his, uh, his buddy out there and they're crushing it in the good old home garage gym. And you said they were doing leg day, right? They're doing legs, so... Uh... I imagine some squats are going on and I'm not sure what else they they've commandeered my sled a lot recently so they <laughs> might be out in the road dragging it up and down the street <laughs> oh man well I'm proud of them for working out and twice as proud for the fact that they're hitting legs <laughs> oh yeah you and me both so uh, on episode 29 Robert and I discussed old school bodybuilding why we're both fans of meat-based diets and cold exposure our topic today is biohacking, so we will likely revisit some of those things. Two weeks ago, Robert and his kids came to visit family in Montana right after we moved here. Tay and I had just finished our new Skull Bells training studio, just in time to get a solid back day and catch up on life, push each other, and ultimately learn from each other. Robert educates himself all day, every day with positive input and makes him a better athlete, dad, and better human being. Robert's brain is a pool of knowledge, always learning to the point to where he calls me out of the blue and I make sure that I have my journal handy because he usually has like five or six new health habits that I need to incorporate into my own life. Robert, welcome back to the SupersetYourLife.com podcast. Shelly Pricer. Let's do it. All right. Dear God, your prophet Isaiah wrote on your behalf, I am the Lord, there is no other. I form light and create darkness. I make success and create disaster. Isaiah 45.7 is a favorite of ours because the reality is life is filled with tragedies and trials, and yet you are always a prayer away, and Robert is always a phone call away. Thank you for blessing me with the encouragement to rise above my daily battles, and for my cousin who models this behavior all too well. Bless this conversation as we continue to grow and learn from each other. Amen. Cousin, how has your sleep schedule been treating you? Oh, you know, I just went back to the good old night shift. So a little challenging, but uh, I'm getting better after all these years of adapting to it. So taking my steps to mitigate the inherent damage that comes with uh, sleeping at day and working at night. So. Yeah, that's why I asked. Uh, your, your aura ring, has it been like tripping out and telling you to go to bed? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's, it's not happy with me right now because, um, well, I've had this thing for, you know, I was an early adopter. So I started with the Gen 2, the Gen 3 is what we have now. Okay. Um, but I've, I've, I've got years worth of data. So it's interesting. Uh, the longer you use the device, the more it, it, 
it gets to know you and tunes in. So right now it's telling me, you know, my bedtime or at least by last week it was should be, you know, seven to eight o'clock in the evening when I was normally going to bed when I was the early guy. And then um, when I got back from my trip, I just just trying to slowly I had enough time, luckily, where I could go to bed an hour later, two hours later you know, and just baby step into this, uh, schedule change. Uh, not always so lucky with that, but yeah, it's still wanting me to go to bed earlier. So, um, the only thing I love the aura ring, but the one thing I wish that they would implement is, uh, like a shift worker mode. So you could tell it will eventually adapt, um, to my sleep schedule. Um, but it has, it, it's still, my OCD doesn't like it when, the recommendations are telling me to go to bed here. And I was like, yes, I know that. I know that's what I supposed to do, but mm -hmm. uh, unfortunately um, I'm going to the dark side. And so, um, but yeah, it'll, it'll catch up with that. And then it'll know that I'm going to bed at 4 AM and waking up at one in the afternoon. So. Right on. Uh, most of the guests when they, when they, when they are bodybuilders are natural athletes too. So careful, how, careful how you say dark side. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. I just mean that in, uh, in the, the blade, the night Walker sense, as far as, uh, being up during the night. Yes. I hear you. So I got, uh, so, so my aura ring, I, I just, I just got it based on, on your recommendation because you totally evangelized me into it. And then my, and then my wife was like, oh, this is totally something Colt would love. So she went ahead and bought it for me for my birthday. God bless her. Yes. Um, says that I got 79 on sleep last night. Is that good? Okay. So it gives you just kind of a generic, um, readiness score and a sleep score, which is helpful at a glance, but, um, that will tighten up the longer that you use it. It is a, it, it's a good thing to just kind of see, but you and me both, we, we want to know, like we want to go deep into the metrics and stuff. So right. when you, when you clip, click on that sleep score, you're going to be like, like some days you might be like, Oh, that's about right. Or some days you might be like, yeah, it seems a little low. I feel pretty good. And that's where it's super helpful to click on there. And then it'll, it'll, it'll tell you how it came up with that score. And then it'll break down your deep sleep or your, um, your REM sleep or your light sleep. Um, and so then you can kind of see, um, you know, it's got everything from your breathing rate, your, uh, resting heart rate. And like a, one example, your sleep score might be a little low and you'd be like, man, I, I crushed it last night on sleep, but it'll show like, your resting heart rate maybe didn't stabilize, um, you know, towards the end or halfway through your sleep period. And uh, maybe you ate too close to bed. And so your heart rate was a little bit elevated because, you, you know, it's still processing that meal. And that's what I find invaluable about that data is you can really start to dial in like um, those variables, you know, to get the perfect night's sleep. For sure. Yeah. It's, it says that, uh, I've I've been like around seventy five to eighty five, kind of mm -hmm. on average. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. And that data will get better and better the more it kind of learns your routine. Um, but you'll start to pick up. And me being a guinea pig, you know, I've done things, you know, that I knew were not ideal, and uh, just to see what it would show me. And, you know, we both um, occasionally imbibe in the spirits. Um, 
very, uh, me almost none anymore, but you know, there's times to celebrate and you'll notice how that'll impact your sleep. Um, if you have a big meal, like I said, too close to sleep mm-hmm. or even your training. Um, for me, if I train late in the day and I'm really ramped up, um, you know, it'll, it'll tell you your body temperature is up. You got some inflammation going on there. It might take you a little longer to wind down if your cortisol is elevated, stuff like that. So, yeah. Right on. What's your, what's, what's your heart rate usually when you're asleep? Um, it'll, when I'm, when I'm really dialed in, it'll get down like 56. So, uh, anything under 60 is, is pretty typical 58, uh, 56, but I'm really looking at like, how long is it taking to, to bottom out? Um, and that's where like the temperature of your room, how dark it is. Uh, if you got stuff on your mind, I know if I'm ruminating about, you know, something, um, you know, I, if your, your time to fall asleep, the sleep latency is the category for that. All those things will start factoring in. And, and then after a while, um, you can just, you pretty much know when you wake up. And a lot of times I look at it just to confirm what I already know. Um, I don't mm-hmm. use the metrics as a standalone, like, uh, the other side is kind of, the, it's kind of like body fat testing, right? It's like, you don't yeah. use it as gospel, but it's really helpful that, yeah. yeah, the more metrics that you can get the better. Right. And so that's always been something, um, years and years of training where it's like, you know, what do you go by? Because as you know, with training, you want to train as often as you can without, overtraining that recovery has to be dialed i mean for optimum recovery you know because if you're just training to the point where you're digging yourself in a hole you're not doing yourself any good right and so that balance of training volume and recovery you know that's a sweet science it's the dance that we all you know do and um when you if you don't have any metrics at all then you're basically just waking up saying how do i feel today and I think almost anybody that's been training long enough has experienced there's just certain days where you don't feel like training, but um, some of my best workouts have been on those days where I almost didn't work out. Right. You just, your mind's not into it. You don't feel like it, but once you get going, you just, you might have a PR that day and be like, man, I almost missed that opportunity. And there's other days where you feel pretty good and then you get under the weights and they're heavy and you're like, yeah, I just, don't got it today. Right. So, um, I think having these extra metrics just allow you to kind of add that to your toolkit of, of things. And, um, so like, uh, on the, we were talking about the sleep side, but the other important side is, um, your readiness score. Right. And that'll give you a generic number two. That's that's the one that cracks me up, man. It's it's like, (laughs) it'll, it'll, um, it'll give me a notification like hey you have you have energy you should go work out i'm like mm-hmm. yeah like i could have looked in the mirror and yeah. figured it out myself <laughs> yeah yeah you know and, and, and like i said the data gets better the longer you use it but also yeah some days you're just like dude i feel i feel terrible today and it's telling me that you know today's the day to go <laughs> you know crush it and stuff and i'm like what are you talking about but that's another one where that's what, that's what my dog's for. Even when I don't yeah. training, she's like, we're training. Right. I'm like, okay. Yeah. we're Yeah. Training. <laughs> yeah. And th- that's when you click on the actual readiness category and you're like, okay, 
how did you come up with this? And the most important metric in there for me is the HRV, which mm-hmm. most of your listeners probably know, but that's your heart rate variability. And uh, I've been using that metric for a long time, even before I had the aura ring. Um, it was more cumbersome. I would use like a pol- uh, polar chest strap. And first thing in the morning, I'd reach over on my nightstand, put that on. And then I would use like a third party app. Um, and I would do like uh, breathing for a while and then it would spit me out um, an HRV score. And um, just real quickly, you know, your heart isn't like a metronome. It doesn't sit there and just, you know, you know, people say, oh, it's your heart's like a clock and just bam, bam, bam. Like, well, actually, you don't want it to be like that. You want these little variances because, you know, it comes down to even if you're just breathing. Mm-hmm. Uh, every time you take a, a breath in, your heart speeds up a little bit. And every time you breathe out, it slows down a little bit. And you could go way into that as far as breathing exercises and techniques and stress mitigation. But yeah, whenever, whenever, and, I, test, whenever I test my heart rate throughout the day, it'll, 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 it'll be different five minutes later. And, and like, like, even oh, yeah. if I'm just, even if I'm just yeah. working or, or doing, or doing yeah. something consistent. Yeah. And that's why, that's why it's important to check it. Uh, well, if you were using like the strap or the old school method, you'd want to be consistent the same time before you get active. So you have like a control for that. Right. Um, the, the ring is convenient because it's on you all night. So it's measuring it all night long. And then it spits you out like an average. So, um, but yeah, basically a flexible heart, a heart that can rebound, um, the higher the score, the better. Now it wouldn't do us any good to compare like my HRV with your HRV because uh, it's, it's not really going to tell you much. It's just kind of good to learn what is a normal range for you. Right. So depending on how healthy I'm being and taking care of all the other variables, like a good HRV score, according to aura and then different devices measure HRV different. It, it gets really complicated, but um, so if I'm over 30, like if I have a 34 score, that is a day that I'm going to take advantage and I'm going to push hard. Um, if I'm down around, you know, mid twenties is okay. If I'm under 20, there's probably something going on. That's not normal for me. Like that would be a day where, Hey, I'm just going to do some light, I'm just going to move blood, do some mobility work. Um, I'm not going to just lay on the couch though, because the old Rob (laughs) crush it, lay around for three days. Don't do anything right. Crush it again. And that's not really healthy. And then it doesn't really help the old cult too. Yeah. You know, and uh, then you're sore and you're stiff. And as I get older and wiser, you know, the active recovery is a real thing. Um, I take it like, you know, you don't want a stale pond, right? You want flow going through. And, and if you're moving blood, even gently, uh, it's, it's going to help that recovery and just mentally. And, uh, I just feel better if I do something every day. So, but I do, uh, take those metrics into account. Sometimes I ignore them. Like if I know I can't train tomorrow, I got a full schedule or something, and my score is low, I might crush it anyway, because I know that I'm going to get a lot of rest the next day I'm out of necessity because of my schedule. So it's just another tool to use. So totally. Yeah. yeah. Um, 
Robert Sykes, the Keto Savage, were uh, he and I were working out today. This this this, this was like the, the coolest feeling in my entire life, man. Like I felt like I was entertaining a celebrity the entire day. You know, so so I'm trying to like be cool, and just like, be relaxed, and he's, not be a total fanboy. Yeah, but but, but he's to- but he's just like you can be yourself around him. Like yeah. you just he, he's just so relaxing and just and just fun to talk to, man. And just um and and and, and down to earth, but. He had an aura ring on too, um, and so we were we were talking about that quite a bit. You guys remind you guys remind me of each other in in so many ways. Um, full body workouts. That's what he's doing right now because he's cutting. Mm-hmm. He's hungry after his second his his second pro card now, mm-hmm. um, and so the the whole mentality of training real hard, taking a couple of days off, training real hard, taking a couple of days off, and running your body into the ground. He just he he just never really trains to failure or to um or hammers away at one body part he's been doing full body workouts for quite some time now yeah. I don't, have you messed with that have you been doing full body workouts at all uh, <laughs> I've, I've tried it all cold i you know since i uh you know when i started it was it was the arnold bible man and uh you know i tried to keep up with him and franco's program me and my buddy uh six days a week you know doing all that volume and we got hecka ripped, but uh, when we finally backed off to like a four day split, I think we we tried Dorian's style after that. Yeah, we just blew up, and it wasn't it it was the the recovery. We were just yep. not resting enough. Yep. Um, so yeah, I've I've tried different. Um, for me now, um, I train more frequently, but I have my my heavy days. Generally, the days that I'm off. I have more time, right? So I can go out and and do those big complex lifts, uh, multiples of those. And then the days that I'm working, I'll just try to get a quickie in, whether it's 30 minutes, you know, 45 minutes, uh, swinging bells, um, doing whatever. Um, but you, just try to do something. A, you keep a kettlebell in the back of your police car, right? I. I you know, if anybody at work is listening, no, actually the guys at work know that I'm a total fitness nerd. <laughs> yeah. And I've been known to throw, you know, the 25, the 35, I've even brought the, the 45 with me uh, to work. And granted, I work in a pretty slow county, so I'm not just call to call like a lot of busier agencies, but um, I try and I am a, a allowed at a 30 minute break. So that's uh, how I swing it. But, um, you know, we do a lot of sitting no pun intended. Yeah. Yeah. You do a lot of sitting in my job and sitting in a patrol car for 10 hours a day is not good for your health. So I try to get out and, um, being on night shift. One thing that's nice is like halfway through my shift, it's dark. There's no one around. I'll go over to the high school and I'll walk laps just to, you know, stretch out my hip flexors and stuff, but uh, yeah, just even a quick, uh, couple sets of kettlebell swings or whatnot. Uh, yeah. I was going to ask like, what, what does a typical kettlebell workout look like for you? I, I know you can do a lot of damage within in a, in a 30 minute workout. I've gone, <laughs> I've gone so far as to reduce my workouts from two hours a day to one hour a day, five days a week. Hmm. And I've, to your point, have noticed way better muscle growth with less volume, which makes absolutely no sense to me but it's yeah but but it, but it works and i had i had to step out in faith and, and know the and know the lesson more so I, I guess i'm just kind of curious how you knock it out in 30 minutes with with a kettlebell 
Well, it depends what you're doing. So like my strength training workouts are, are super long because I'm taking maximum amount of rest right. and I'm trying to lift as heavy as I can, low reps. But, but with the kettlebell stuff, I would be doing more, you know, hypertrophic, uh, uh, you know, hyper, uh, hi, hypertrophic training. Uh, I can't talk today, but uh, um, I mean, yeah, that's, I'm just with, hard, that's just a hard word to say. I'm not going to try to hypertrophy it. training. There we go. So <laughs> uh, higher rep ranges. Um, and I'm using lighter bells at, at work. I'm not bringing my seventies and stuff with me. So, um, uh, you know, I'm going quick sets, uh, trying to get as much in, in, a, in, a, in a short amount of time. So, uh, I generally will do, uh, clean impresses, um, uh, swings, um, goblet squats, um, lunges, um, I do these, uh, stretches called Jefferson curls, where you basically stand on an elevated surface, like a chair. And then you just, it's not like a deadlift where you're having, you know, total neutral spine. I'm basically purposely, uh, purposely, uh, allowing my spine to bend where I'm doing like string of pearls. So I tuck my chin and then I'm rolling down one vertebrae at a time into a full hang. And then I'm reversing it from the bottom up. And that's just because of all that sitting, it feels really good to, to stretch out. Like I get real tight in my thoracic, you know, upper thoracic from doing all that lifting. And, um, it's kind of a mobility exercise, but, uh, I do that. Um, just uh, anything that's, that's real quick, light, uh, explosive. So. Wow. Good stuff. Um, switching gears a little bit. I know this is something that we hesitated on even talking about on recording, but I think it would bring um, a powerful why as to why it is that you are so, why, why your health is so important to you. There's a bit bigger of a reason to it. So um, you're on the dive team. What, mm-hmm. what's, what's that? So we started the dive team uh, early in my career. They had had one way back in the day, but we didn't have one. We're, we're a real small agency. Um, so there's uh, a lot of bodies of water in our county. We have a big reservoir. We have a river. We have a lot of irrigation canals. It's farming. Um, and uh, occasionally, um, you know, we have a, uh, somebody drowns uh, or we have a vehicle in a ditch or something like that. And um, so we'll have to ask a, a neighboring agency to uh, call out their dive team and come over and do a recovery for us. And I can't tell you what it's like to be there um, with a grieving family um, who wants you to just jump in in your full uniform and uh, recover their loved one. And and that's what happened is we had to wait a couple hours for a neighboring agency to come one time. And my undersheriff says, that's it. And, you know, we're, we're having our own dive team again. So we put one together and, uh, it's wow. been a great, great experience. They paid for me to get a lifetime certification. Um, so I've been dive certified for, I don't know, 13 years. And, uh, yeah, it's, it's a lot of fun. The training side of it. Um, some of the in practice is not so fun, but to me, it's, uh, it's an honorable duty because, uh, you always think it, you know, if it was my loved one, you know, it provides a sense of closure, um, to, uh, be able to, to, you know, recover them. And so their family can, you know, say their goodbyes and, and honor them however they, they choose. So, yeah. yeah. So, uh, me- mental health is a huge priority for you then. 
be, being, yeah. being able to work, being able to work with this kind of stuff. Right. Yeah. Law enforcement have some of the highest rates of, um, you know, uh, health problems that are related to job stress, uh, alcoholism, divorce, um, just, um, mm-hmm. uh, a lot of a lot of problems it's a it's a tough job we see a lot of things that the general public doesn't have to see um and it does add up and how you mitigate that how you handle that stress is really important um i always tell especially the new guys that want to sign up for everything and run themselves in the ground i'm like hey uh you don't get a new body as part as you, your pension plan and so you have to you have to make a point of taking care of yourself like even just all the sitting um sitting any job you know your hip flexors get tight your lower back gets weak if you don't do anything to mitigate that uh, you're in for a world of hurt um mm-hmm. long term and you know it's like you can go buy a new automobile but you you can't get a new body and so uh you're your own mechanic and you have to take care of it um because you know, um, lately I've been into, uh, health span, which is, you know, people think of lifespan, which is how long you're going to live, but health span is how many of those years are you actually functional and able to do what you want to do. You don't want your last years to be, uh, you know, crippled or broken off because you didn't take care of your body. So especially important in this job, mental health wise and everything to, uh, do everything you can to, uh, uh, manage your stress so that's really powerful man um sitting down for long for, for long extended periods of time is very unhealthy for the body so i'm never ever sitting down <laughs> um, yeah. it, and, and, unless i'm like eating a meal otherwise i would rather be laying down standing up um walking doing work at the same time so yeah i mean you're you're my hero being able to <laughs> Being, being, able, being able to sit for that long. Um, what are some practices that you do to re, to reduce the amount of time, just like throughout the day, um, away from work, so that you're not uh, putting that kind of stress on your lower back, like twenty four seven. Standing desk is a good investment. Um, so, if your employer will allow it or understands how important it is, good ergonomics, even when you're sitting catching myself slouching forward right now, looking at the screen, but, uh, you know, the cell phone neck and, uh, just being aware, um, your body will generally tell you, you know, we ignore it a lot. We'll, we'll sit for a while and we'll start getting like antsy and wanting to move around, but I just have to finish this task or, or whatever you're on. And sometimes just taking a break, um, going outside, just walking around, um, uh, do what you can. Some, some jobs, uh, are more conducive to walk outside and go smoke a cigarette or something. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. It doesn't take long. I mean, even sitting in a chair, you know, like I got one foot up and uh, crossed over my other knee right now. There's little chair yoga chair stretches you can do. Um, I'll take a lacrosse ball with me to work and keep it in my beat bag and I'll, I'll slip it behind my back even when I'm driving or I'm sitting, you know, and just kind of roll out my back muscles. And uh, that's a good idea. Just, yeah, just whatever you can do as creative as you can get. But uh, yeah, no, it's important. Yeah. So. I, I, I like what you said about the standing desk one too. So that, that, that's exactly what I did when I was working my corporate job before the pandemic hit. Um, I was 
I, I, I was just like, I can't sit. I have to, I have to, I have to be able to stand. And then like, if I get tired of standing, I can sit for a little bit and then stand and then go back to standing. Um, and, and they, and they, yeah, and they went ahead and, and got it for me. And then when we had to liquidate because we all lost our jobs because of the pandemic and they shut us down, um, I was like, so this standing desk here, um, is it okay if I keep it? And they're like, yeah. So here it is. I'm still using it. Yeah. <laughs> Three years later. Yeah. And some employers get it and more and more, I think are coming around. Um, but if you're in a job where they don't really appreciate that, I mean, I've been in jobs before where it was just so go, go, go. Like, uh, I would, uh, I'd have to take a bathroom break just to, I'd go in the restroom and smash a protein bar and like do some air squats or whatever. And, you know, sometimes you just have to put yourself first. So <laughs> there's been a there's been a couple jobs that I've almost lost over the years because I'm like always trying to work my biohacks into in in into work and be be be, be I'm, you know just like moving as much as I can. Um work working out on slower days. Yeah. I, I, I don't miss working for other people. <laughs> I just no. can't do it, man. Oh, and sometimes uh, it comes to a head and you have to choose. And that's where it comes down. And it's like, well, how much, how much do I need this? Sometimes you have to like, you know, I'm 15 years in on my pension and I'm not going anywhere. So I just have to do whatever I can to uh, make the best of it. So. Yeah. I'm super heartbroken, man. I have, I have this athlete that is absolutely a genetic gold mine. He's getting peeled. He's super lean, but he's, you know how it is the last couple of weeks of contest prep. You're just, your brain's not really with it. And yeah. and he, he just, he just called me and he was like, man, I, I can't, I can't, I can't do this show. He's like, maybe he's, he's like, I'll, I'll look at like a November show or something, but he's like, man, I don't want to lose my job. And I was like, yeah, dude, don't lose your job. Let's, 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 let's back out of this show and we'll pick a different one. Yeah. No, and sometimes you have to, because uh, as you know, show prep is all encompassing. I mean, your life revolves around it. So, yeah, if you want to be competitive, yeah, yeah, yeah. those, the, the, those, I think those, those are the times where I was the closest to getting fired. Is is just making mistakes that I normally wouldn't have made when I'm actually eating like a decent amount of food. <laughs> oh yeah. Right, oh, yeah. right, right, right before a contest, man, your, your brain goes, it takes a hike and it doesn't come back for like a couple of weeks until, until after the show. Oh, definitely. Definitely. Especially, uh, when you start cutting water and yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah I, yeah. I don't cut water and I don't recommend anybody does that anymore. The, the, the last time I cut water, I drank four gallons in one day, which is basically my coach and I were just drinking and peeing the entire day. But back before I was low carb, that was the only way that I could get my abs to pop. Like I, I would just, I would just never see them unless I got completely dehydrated and bam, there they were. And then as soon as I drink anything or eat anything, they're gone. <laughs> yeah. Glutes for me, man, uh, that was striated glutes was always the goal, but I'd never quite get there. They just, yeah. No, yeah. My, last my, thing. My, my, every time I'm in the bathroom, I, I, I do a conditioning check because it's just, it's just habit. And I still do there. They're kind of like walnuts right now. I'm two and a half weeks out from guest posing, and and the uh, the promoter already told me he's like, you don't need to have glute striations. Just wear classic trunks, and so they're covered. And I was like, all right, but I I don't know. I kind of I kind I kind of want them again, but it's not worth it. Whenever I have had striated glutes, I just I can't remember anybody's name. That's the biggest thing I've noticed is people's names. Forget it. <laughs> There's no way. Yeah, and if it's at the expense of like losing size up top or somewhere else and yeah you have to balance that out right and, and, and glute striations it's like 
you you got you got to have a real good you got you got to have a real good reason to want to get it like it 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 has it has to be it has to be something to where it's like you're doing you're doing a competition you and you want to win and i mean of course why else would you do a competition but you're 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 a competitive bodybuilder other than that why on earth would you want glute striations they look ugly that you, you don't you don't put <laughs> your pants like you really should <laughs> you know yeah. it hurts to sit on church pews <laughs> yep Glasses. You're wearing glasses right now, but you're wearing really cool glasses because they have an extra layer of uh, blue light blocking. What what do you call it? Uh, I forget the brand that they're using on these ones, but um, there are prescription glasses for reading. As uh, we talked about, uh, I'm uh, my up close distance as as I've gotten older is is not as good as it used to be. So mm-hmm. I rarely wear them except for like, if I'm reading or uh, doing screen time, like in the evening. Um, and I, I want to take a little of that blue light out. So. Okay. Yeah. Because I, because I have blue light blocking glasses and I have prescription glasses. These ones mm-hmm. love my prescription glasses. Mm-hmm. They're pretty much on 24 seven, but the blue light blocking glasses i've tried using those before bed and and then i just can't read so they're not prescriptions so having the best of both worlds i think that needs to be my next my next project is getting those yeah and it was only like an extra 30 or 40 dollars to put the coating on so totally worth it yeah it wasn't cost prohibitive at all yeah yeah Yeah, i try to reduce i try to reduce screen screen time at all costs and keep it only paper only only reading um you, you, you know you know me i study the bible for about an hour every night before i go to bed and i know i could accomplish I, I know i could study like twice as fast if i was using a screen like with software and stuff but um but it, but anything that close to bed i just can't fall asleep i'm, I'm just like I'm, I'm, wound, yeah. I'm wound up i can feel it i just I, I do not have that relaxed feeling that i um normally would like to have yeah well light is one of the biggest inputs for us biologically so it does a lot of stuff and uh yeah we could we could talk a whole episode just on that (laughs) oh yeah and actually i'm kind of glad we're headed that direction because uh sunglasses that was something so 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 when you were so when you were so when we were outside we were we were running after we worked out and Mm -hmm. uh and i think i was about to put sunglasses on and you were like and, and 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 I was like, do, I was like, do you do you, do you want a pair or a, or, a hat, or a hat or something? I mean, like it's really bright out. And you're like, no, I don't wear sunglasses. And I was like, as soon as you said that, I was like, okay, he probably has a really good reason for not wearing them. So I'm not gonna wear them either. All right, yeah, I'm done with them too. All right, so what's up? <laughs> Why no sunglasses? All right, so I was I was Mr. Oakley, you know, uh, for a long time. Uh, like I have a law enforcement discount through this one uh, site and. Uh, always had the sunglasses and, um, and and I'm a Ray-Ban guy, but we can still be friends. Mm-hmm. And, <laughs> and uh, well, besides the cost of continuously losing them. Um, no, it, it was yeah. funny. I was listening. One thing about my job that I love is I get to listen to a lot of podcasts and audiobooks, like when it's slow driving around and stuff like that. And they were talking about the importance of light and getting light in your eyes, which I was pretty much up to speed with, but then, um, they were talking about sunglasses and, uh, I was trying to find some, uh, reference, some source for you, um, upcoming to this podcast. I'll have to dig a little deeper cause it's been a while, but, um, they were talking about, uh, the biology of our eyes 
and separate from just the importance of getting a lot of light into your eye, they were talking about um, how much blood flow we actually have through our eyes. I, I can't remember the exact statistic, but I want to say like you, the full full amount of blood that's in your body circulates through your eyes at least every 24 hours. And no, uh, I'm not surprised. I, I, pop, I popped a blood vessel in my eye probably about seven or eight times total over my training. It's always on leg day and it's always when I'm holding my breath. Yeah. And, and so they went on to talk about, you know, we get UV light in our eyes and um, there was some speculation and debate still. Um, it, like I said, I heard this a while ago, but it was talking about that, that, you know, the human body is so amazing and um, we never had sunglasses, you know, evolving this and that, but the, the person that was being interviewed went on to say that that the UV light and the, the amount of blood that actually goes through our eyes, there may be some type of uh, disinfecting mechanism going on that that it's being exposed to that light and uh, antibacterial, antiviral. There was some kind of benefit uh, to that. And I was like, wow, like that's just something that I never even considered before. And then they went on to like, your pupil gets dilated wide open, you know, when it, it, you have really dark shades on. And so like, if there's any impurities in the glass, I mean, you're putting a filter between that light and your eyes. Um, or if there's a scratch in your lens or something, then your, your cornea is more susceptible to damage because it's wide open there. And, um, we always try to outsmart our biology and you know i'm no uh, exception you know i like some of these hacks and stuff but i also try to balance it ancestral like with you know we haven't changed as much as society has changed around us and i was one of those guys that uh, i'd go outside and just automatically be like oh where's my shades like just really uh light sensitive and after i stopped wearing sunglasses it doesn't I haven't been like that for years where I'm like, Oh, it's too bright. I need my shades. I mean, if you're driving directly in the sun, you know, throw the flap or something, but um, yeah, I just never look back. Like I, I don't rely on them anymore. And um, you know, I, I, I haven't seen a ton of evidence, you know, to back up the claim that, that that's a disinfecting mechanism or whatever. But what I do know is that that signal from the sun is important for us. I mean, waking um mood uh there's tons of health benefits to getting as much light in your eyes as you can natural sunlight you know has the full spectrum um and that's i think one of our problems with now that we have light everywhere screens everywhere bright lights in our houses you know that's all tied into melatonin and our sleep home yeah totally messes up our circadian rhythms right yeah basically basically at the end of the day we've 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 spent two we we spent time in the sun without our eyes really getting the message and then the opposite problem when we're inside because then we have light when we like normally wouldn't have light right that's it's true and then most of our screens unless you have some type of um screen filtering software that changes the color i mean uh 
the, the color temperature of most of those screens is equal to like noonday sun, that really pure blue light. And so you're sending mixed signals to your brain if, you know, it's supposed to be bedtime and you're blasting your eyes with this light, you know, laying there scrolling your socials until you fall asleep. I mean, you might fall asleep, but is the quality of the sleep going to be there? Um, you know, are you suppressing your melatonin production? I mean, are you ramping up cortisol? And then also just uh, what's the content that you're viewing? Are you viewing things, you know, work stuff that's going to cause you stress before you're trying to ramp down for the day, you know, uh, social media stuff. And, and so I think you're, you're doing the right thing. Yeah. Going for a paper book or unwinding, um, just, you gotta, you gotta prep for that good night's sleep. Actually a good night's sleep begins with, uh, when you wake up, you know, it's something that throughout the day, uh, by getting that, getting that light in the morning, you get that strong signal, which sets your clock. So, um, and exercise plays a part in that too. Um, so my routine is uh, I'm one of those caffeine users. So I get up and I go to my French press and grind my beans cause I'm a coffee snob and I take, yeah, but you don't abuse it. Like I <laughs> Uh, you, you well, it, it's questionable. Like I, I said before, I treat it as an ally. So what do you do to your allies? You don't try to lean on them too much, but they're there uh, when I need them. I try not to overuse them, but uh, I always have at least, you know, my French press, which is a reasonable size, but I go out in the backyard um, regardless of the time of year. And I sit there and I sip my coffee and get that light in my eyes first thing before I get on my phone and start farting around and um, sit there. It takes me generally 10 minutes or whatever, get that exposure. And uh, it definitely helps wake me up and get me alert for the day. So cool. Good stuff. Yeah. Um, on, on lighting blue light, that's it, it, So is that a specific type of light that's caused by electronics then? Um, cause like my, my, my ring lights that I use for podcasting and for, um, and, and for like posing classes in the studio, there's an option between one that's really white that like looks artificial. And then one that's more yellow, that kind of looks more natural. And one of them makes me look whiter and one of them makes me look more yellow. I don't know what the difference is other than that. <laughs> yeah. It depends what the spectrum is. Like they have full spectrum, like the old school incandescent bulbs, um, are probably, even though they're phasing them out because they say they're not energy efficient, um, they're harder to find, especially in California. Like you go to Home Depot and it's all LEDs, which flicker super fast, so fast you can't really tell, but your biology knows. So the the old incandescent bulbs, it's heating up a piece of metal, right? A filament. And so it throws a more full spectrum. But if you even LED lights, if you get like a warmer light, like a red light, that mimics more what the, the sky color is in the evening uh, before you go to bed. So that's going to be better than like a real uh, harsh, like blue light. So uh, that's why the sun, uh, the sun's amazing because you're getting the full range. Um, so there, there's a lot to be said with, with lighting, um, morning, like the, the best light for you is actually in the morning and in the evening. Um, when midday, uh, it's a little harsher on you, especially if you're concerned about exposure on your skin. Um, but, I remember uh, you saying that getting sunlight first thing in the day is one of the best things you can do for your circadian rhythm. It is, it is. I mean, it's, it's like a set point. 
um, getting that early sunlight, um, you know, if you're into grounding, I mean, that's, that's a whole nother thing, but I mean, we do accumulate, um, you know, a lot of positive charge and anybody that's experienced status electricity or uh, static electricity, you can, that's, that's, you're charged up and the, and the nature is generally negatively charged, negative ions. That's why we feel so good. We go to the beach and we're out in nature. And so, yeah, I go out barefoot and I put my feet in the grass and I sit my coffee and get my light. And, uh, or if you can exercise outside, I, I, I can totally see you doing that, bro. Yeah, I, can, yeah, I can totally yeah. see you doing that. And you know yeah. why? Cause I do all the same crap. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Right before I jump in my trough. <laughs> so, Yeah. Uh, I, was, I, was, I was telling my dad because like he sees me barefoot all, all on the grass all the time and, and, and you know and, and, and I'm just like oh you don't, you, don't, you don't even know like Robert and I both like we live for this kind of stuff we're like we're, 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 we're nerds about this like I can't start the day now without without an ice bath and getting my feet outside and and peeing outside you can't pee in the toilet. <laughs> <laughs> yeah well if you got a real long stream I guess you're grounding right <laughs> yeah, just, just on the electric fence. I that yeah, yeah. Anyone who's grown up in Montana has probably experienced that. So, yeah. I like I like the people that I, I like I like the guys that will be at our house that will go inside to to pee. I'm like, man, you're wasting so much time. You're wasting my water. Like, go out back, dude. Like, it feels yeah. better. Come on, you know. Get one of the get, one of the joys. Of, boys out. Get some sun. <laughs> living in the country for sure. <laughs> So you mentioned melatonin uh, several times. Uh, I don't know if you know that I used to be, I don't know if I would call it an addiction, but I, I think like for a year straight, I was taking mel melatonin every single night before going mm -hmm. to bed. And this was, a, this was during a competition season too, which is the reason I was doing it. And then, and, and, and then it was, it wasn't too hard to get off of it. You know, you know, this too, I try not to talk about this too much on the air, but um, I, I basically replaced that with THC before bed. The difference mm -hmm. is melatonin would make me feel drugged mm -hmm. and kind of like it forced me to go to sleep. And then I'll wake up feeling tired. Like I didn't sleep that well. Yeah. THC un unwinding with the Bible and, and just um, having a more natural approach. That's been making me feel uh, like, like my sleep is 10 times better. Yeah. I'm not sure if you mess around with melatonin supplements at all. Uh, I've a lot, taken a lot, of, a lot of people that come to me are using melatonin every yeah. single night just to go yeah. to sleep. I don't take it anymore, but it was a go-to for a long time when I was trying to get my sleep dialed in. But the thing with melatonin, it, it's a hormone, right? Yeah. So it's when you're, you know, anytime your body's a symphony, right? It's just one little thing. You take one little thing and, and you can screw up everything else. And the problem is the amount of melatonin that our body naturally produces is, is just a fraction of anything that you're going to take over the counter. Um, you know, oh. they make melatonin, uh, one, five, 10, I think 20 milligrams, huge doses of melatonin. And, I remember when I was taking melatonin, it would help me go to sleep. But a lot of times I'd, I'd wake up like four hours later, wide awake. And I think there's the rebound effect, you know, it, you introduce any, uh, hormone that you're not indigenous, but you know, external, you know, people mess around with testosterone and, you know, under a doctor's care or whatever. But I mean, so you're, I it's less than a milligram. Your body produces, I can't remember exactly, but you know, less. So when I would take 
when I finally started getting the best results with melatonin, I, melatonin, I'd find the smallest dose I could find like a one milligram and, you know, even split it in half sometimes. And so I didn't get this big rebound effect because, uh, you know, your body is real careful about keeping everything in the perfect concentration. So my theory was I was taking so much, my body's like, whoa, you know, pulling back from its production. Uh, and then I was like without it. And so I think you have to be really careful. Um, you know, I'm not a doctor. I don't pretend I'm one on the internet, but, uh, um, when you're messing with hormones and stuff, um, I think a better route would be to, you know, most of us are probably just have elevated cortisol that's so ramped up or, you know, doing the blue light thing or whatever, where we're suppressing our, our melatonin. Um, so, yeah. So I've, uh, so I've, I've, I've coached a lot of bodybuilders and most of them are natural. The one thing that really freaks me out, if any, if anybody wants to, if anybody wants to take it, is uh, T three, uh, thy, thy, uh, thyroid hormone. It like it directly burns fat and muscle, which is why you don't see natural competitors using it because we, it would it would eat up our muscle. Um, but messing mess, messing with messing with your hormones is scary. It's it's really scary. You and you can do you can do some very severe permanent damage really quick if you don't know what you're doing okay. yeah cool um okay shoes can you explain are you, are you you're not wearing shoes right now are you i'm not wearing shoes of course not and <laughs> okay so uh along with the barefoot thing i mean your foot is an amazing uh piece of kit i mean it's so intricate you got so many bones and uh, ligaments and muscles and it's so adaptable but what do we do we we put these casts on our feet called shoes you know in my case danner boots because they're protective for work and they're waterproof and stuff mm -hmm. but we lock our feet into these things um, all day long and they're not you know it'd be like wearing a cast uh, basically because it's not allowed to bend and move like it should and flex and um, another problem is if you have an elevated heel, um, uh, women wearing high heels and stuff, um, that Achilles tendon tends to get shortened because it's not stretched, right? It's you got that heel all jacked up there and you can run into problems with your feet. For me, it just feels wonderful to have my shoes off. But uh, so I'm pretty minimalist. Um, I try to wear shoes when I'm not at work, that if I have to wear shoes, have just a, a minimal sole, or at least it's consistent um, from the heel to the toe. Um, so, and there's a lot of, you know, you can go on Amazon and Google minimalist, you know, this and that shoe, and you'll find a ton of stuff out there. So what's the um, brand I'm, name of the ones that you use? Um, I'll grab them real quick. You got a sec. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So I have no affiliation or whatever, but um, I was doing a lot of searching for minimalist shoes and the ones that I use for training, they almost look like some of those funky, um, you know, five toed, five finger toe, except for they're not individual toes. It has a wider uh, foot box and stuff. And were, were those um, the ones that you were using when we were running? 
Yes. Uh, no, I, I actually was wearing my Nikes then. So I think those are the Nike zeros, which are pretty, um, pretty minimalist, not as minimalist as these. So these I would use, um, for my lift. So the brand before I get too far is called Whiten W H I T I N. And they're really affordable and it's not a name brand, but they have a wide selection of shoes. So this one's like a cross trainer here. Um, I have ran in these and, um, but the thing, if you're just all of a sudden like sold on the minimalist thing, you got to realize that most of our feet are atrophied from wearing regular shoes all the time. And if you just all of a sudden take off and start doing barefoot sprinting or minimalist uh, shoes, your feet are going to hurt um, or you could even injure your feet. Um, uh, so you have to build the strength back up in your feet. And part of it is like, Hey, if you're home or, or you don't need to wear shoes, I think a lot of it is just unconsciously, we just keep our shoes on when we don't need them. Um, so yeah, they make like a, a tennis shoe. Like this guy here, Colt. Yeah, dude, I'm I'm, I'm, look, I'm looking at them right now on Amazon, and I actually thought I found the wrong models, but but the, but these look really really nice. Yeah, it's called Whiten W H I T I N. They're forty two bucks, and 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 they just look like normal sneakers. So I went ahead and yeah. had the brown pair yeah. of my wish list. <laughs> They're super comfortable, and I got like wide feet anyway, so a lot of shoes will kind of just scrunch my feet in tighter than they should be. But you can tell, see how I'm, I'm holding it up there. Uh, you yeah. can see it's got like a wider toe box. So I don't feel like I can splay out my feet like naturally. Um, and then uh, these ones are the, the cross trainer ones and they got a nice Vibram sole on there and stuff. Um, what is, so, what's the name of those? It's the same brand. Um, oh, okay. Right on. They're just the cross trainer model, but uh, yeah. And even can you, like can most, you, can you, can you run in them or would that, be miserable no i have ran in them um but like i was saying you kind of got to build up to it so like my nikes have a thicker sole um and so if i'm running a lot i'll start with those and then i'll work my way down to like a more minimalist shoe and i've actually done barefoot running like in the park on the grass and stuff i mean you want to protect your feet but uh it, it just feels good um to not just Thump, thump, thump. Yeah, um, I, I'm. You, you know, you know me. I'm still working through a stress fracture and plantar fasciitis, yeah, yeah. and plantar fasciitis. Yeah. So I think that sticking with Asics for the time being, like just yeah. strictly for running, is going to be the, the smartest move. Yeah, and I wonder how many of those foot problems are caused by shoes. You know, wearing shoes all the time. Not maybe your case specifically, but oh no, my case specifically for sure, man. General. If I, if I'm wearing tennis shoes, my entire posture is just shot. It it, yeah. it 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 doesn't it doesn't matter what kind of shoe it is, but there's a night and day difference between being barefoot because I'm barefoot right now too, obviously, yeah. and yeah. and there's a night and day difference in just being able to stand upright comfortably throughout the rest of the day i can't do that yeah yeah and that's one of the benefits having a home gym is i i work out barefoot i lift barefoot when i'm deadlifting or squatting or whatever i just i can really grip um the floor i've got you know oh, yeah. the, the thick mats out there and uh you know splay those those toes out and um you can really feel like if you're 
putting too much pressure on the outside of your foot versus the inside of your foot. Um, you just, you just have more control. It feels great once you get used to it. So for sure. Yeah. yeah there's, there's no, there's no coincidence as to why all of the best uh, squat records and deadlift records are broken barefoot. Yeah. Doesn't surprise me. No. Um, cold exposure. We got time to talk about that. Oh yeah. Heck yeah. 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 Right. Um, that's right up my alley. <laughs> So, so, so what is, so what, what is your cold exposure practice look like? Cause right now I'm, 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 I'm got, I got the, um, I'm, I'm just filling up my bathtub every morning with cold water and a big chunk mm -hmm. of ice. And that's, and that's how I'm doing it, but mm -hmm. you got it, you got it really down, huh? Well, I've been doing it for a long time. Um, I, I started off, uh, not liking the cold too much. Like most people, most people just, I think. I think most people, they, they read all these health benefits and they're like, yeah, that's cool, but I could never do it because they see these people jumping into, you know, troughs full of ice or, you know, 30 freezing and stuff. And what's funny is a lot of the research, even though it's, it's, it's good, but a lot of the research has been done and temperature range is a lot warmer than that. But I think it's like anything, you know, baby steps, right? So I started in the shower. Um, I would take a hot shower comfortable and then I would turn the water down cool before I would finish. But, uh, you know, I generally got, uh, eventually got to the point where I could just stand there and, in the shower full blast cold for several minutes and, uh, mm -hmm. it didn't really phase me. And then I went to the bathtub, just taking a cold bath, um, with the tap water, uh, no ice. And then, I think I told you I'm such. I don't a even feel like the ice is necessary, really. I mean, I think it's pretty freaking cold <laughs> without it. Yeah, yeah, and uh, yeah, just uh, I, I'm such a nerd. I created an Excel spreadsheet and I got a pool thermometer. So, like, when I started doing the baths, then I would, um, I would measure the water temp and then I would time myself. And so I wasn't going from zero to ice bath. You know, I was you know, maybe going 68 degrees for, you know, a couple minutes and then I would go longer. And then I, when I get up to like 10 minutes, didn't want to be in there all day. Then I started adding ice. Mm -hmm. Um, and so I was real nerdy about it. Um, you know, progressive overload, just like with any other training. Right. Oh um, yeah. I, I, I tried, I tried getting uh, a couple of my clients to start doing ice baths and I didn't, I, I didn't think through the way that you have this thought through. I was like, I don't know, just fill up, fill up your, 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 your bathtub with ice, blah, blah. And I'm walking there to do it. And I think they last about two seconds. So I'm like, nope, not doing any good. <laughs> yeah. And that's a, that's a good way to turn somebody off to something that, but you know, even someone who's really averse to it, you can do what's called the contrast shower where, you know, you, you just bump it down to it's a little uncomfortable and then they can warm it up and go back and forth and until they can get comfortable. Um, but I eventually ended up getting, um, I'm not a, a rich guy, so I can't afford one of those, you know, five grand, uh, super deluxe, um, setups. So I have a good old, uh, um, Oki setup where I got one of those, uh, metal troughs, uh, horse watering troughs from tractor supply, um and it's a comfortable size they, they come in a lot of different yeah we got sizes. one of those crops out back we're just not using it <laughs> <laughs> so uh the caveat is um the bigger they are then the more ice it it takes to get it down to temperature but like you were saying about um 
your body wants to stay at 98.6 degrees, right? Really bad. And anytime you create a gradient, even if it's just, you know, 70 degree water, like 70 degree air is comfortable for most people and they wouldn't think twice about it, but even 70 degree water, um, you're creating what 28.6 degree uh, difference mm -hmm. and your body is going to respond. It's going to start throwing more logs on the fire. And uh, cause it's trying hard to maintain your, your core body temperature. So that that's beneficial. Um, if I don't feel like hauling ice in the winter, it's nice because it just stays cool all the time. So I don't have to deal with ice, but um, even if I just, the tap water, it's 68 degrees and I fill it up. I'll go sit out there for 10 minutes and it's not, it's not harsh. It's comfortable for me. Uh, I like it in the winter when it gets into the forties and I go out there because I get that real big spike and, you know, the norepinephrine and adrenaline and it's like serious wake up juice. Um, but um, it's on a scale. So if you can't get your water as cold, then you just go a little longer. If um, you're still getting benefits. So it's not like an all or nothing. If you can't get it down to freezing, you're not going to reap any benefits. Um, but uh, yeah, I, I love it. Um, mentally, that's the biggest thing. I mean, it has all these recovery benefits, but um, getting in that cold water, it just turns my brain on. And then Dude, I'm, uh, right th I'm right there with my, you. my coffee and stuff. And, you know, they've done research on it. It stimulates, it's a natural way to produce dopamine, you know, oh, which yeah. a lot of us are seeking with our coffee and whatever else. So, um, some, of the, some of my best business ideas, just biggest, like, I mean, like deepest spiritual moments, <laughs> um, you know, is, is been, is, is been like at, at, a, at a long, on a long run when I'm just like, it's just Zion and me and nobody else and and God <laughs> and yeah and, and yeah we're just running 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 this and especially if it's cold and snowing mm -hmm. that just puts your it, it's like a drug man like you feel high like it put it puts your yeah. brain on a different planet I don't know oh, how you, to describe it it feels good you're you're it is a it is a drug I mean it's funny because there's all these different chemicals and drugs but they're just external triggers for what we already got on board right mm -hmm. so you know, dopamine, serotonin, you know, adrenaline, like all these things, you know, we're people take these outside substances, but really the, the cocktails coming from within us. And so if you can take a natural stimulus, um, like cold water or exercise or something Getting to have late. the effect. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, exactly. I mean, it sure. might, to, you know, some of these take a little more work, but the, the return on investment on cold water, uh, especially when it's really cold, it's such a brief. And then I also like it for the mental, just that there's some days where I'm just like, when it's really cold out there and I got to like break the ice, I'm just like, I, as soon as I wake up, I start thinking about it and I'm like, ah, oh, I don't want, you know, but then I'm like, come on, you know, but as soon as you start thinking about it, you're going to talk yeah, yourself yeah. out. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> it, it, the suffering is worse always in the mind. Like once you get in there and just control your breathing and get through it. And then when you get out, you just feel like a million bucks and you're just like, Oh yes. Like I almost missed that opportunity. So I, I, yeah. I love it. I'll, I'll be doing that for life. Yeah. Um, I don't think I'm going to stop anytime soon either. That, that That's actually, I think the, I think that's the only reason I was, I was able to successfully cut caffeine and 
you you don't you don't abuse caffeine the way that I did. You and I have had this conversation. I I've I've abused uh, caffeine for years and years and years, and finally just got to a point where I was like, you know what? I think I just need to get this out of my life once and for all for good. So it's been about three or four months now since I've had yeah. it. But yeah, good but, for but, you. I, thanks, I, but 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 I but I had to replace it with an ice bath first thing every single morning. Like could not like I just could not wake up until I have my ice bath, and I'm. I, I guess I'm, I guess I'm addicted to that now, but it's a better addiction. <laughs> no, it's great. It's given you all those things that the caffeine was given you just through a different mechanism. Yeah. And, and, and I'm still, um, you know, maybe I'm being defensive about my uh, caffeine use, but I, I, I still think that there's a reasonable amount of caffeine that has health benefits. Um, I, I, but, I, I, I agree with you on that, but, um, sometimes it's just easy, easier, all or nothing. Like moderation is tough, especially with things that, um, you really like. And like me at night, you know, carbohydrates, uh, I can easily get myself in trouble if I go there. And so it's better not to just have them in the house. And Hey man, the only reason I'm not eating carbs is because they're not in our house. You just gotta know your weaknesses and don't put yourself in that position where you're going to fail. So, yeah. 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 But, what is yeah. what's the newest biohack that you have incorporated? Oh, newest. Um, you know, I picked up another Polaris H10 heart rate monitor um recently, but I've had those before. Uh just because the aura ring is great, and but I mainly rely on it for um sleep tracking. Um it it's a different technology than the heart strap. So when your heart rate gets above a certain point, like for, for workout tracking, it's not quite there yet. The sensors are getting better and the software updates are really good. But, um, I, I do think that there's a lot of benefit to, um, knowing your heart rate, depending on your goals. Like if you're trying to like really just ride the top of that zone to, um, you know, heart rate, uh, or the exercise zone where you're pure fat burning and you're not spilling over into, um, you know, anaerobic, um, where you're using up your, you know, your glycogen and all your, your, your phosphatal creatine system and everything. Cause I want to save that for my anaerobic training and stuff and just build that. In, um, and even after you work out at that point, if you, if you get too carried away, you're just burning muscle too. Yeah. It's a, especially when you're trying to do more than one goal at a time, which, as I get older, you know, I'm, I, I am trying to incorporate, um, before I didn't care. It was just like, how big can I get or how strong can I get? And, you know, one trick pony and, uh, that's fine. Like I, I'd love that. But as I get older, you know, I do want to challenge myself in different ways. Like I do want to have better endurance and, um, you know, mobility and, you know, so I, when you have like diverging goals like that, it's difficult because, you know, specificity principle is number one for training. So it's easy if your training is very, you know, I just want this, forget everything else. And so I'm trying to balance multiple modalities. And, um, so having that, uh, that heart rate monitor is really nice because I can, I can pretty much dial in like, okay, I'm this age, this is the formula, here's the variance. And, you know, I know, let's say at, at 134, or 139 beats per minute, I'm going over into that, you know, anaerobic zone, but I want to, I want to stay in this and just build my, um, my aerobic engine. So, um, 
besides that, uh, now just just more in the form of education, just mm -hmm. sourcing quality um, people um, who are on the cutting edge of the research and in the trenches, um, studying the kind of things you and I are interested. How do you um, how do you how do you, how do you identify someone that knows the talking about versus someone that's full of crap? Well, as you and I know, you go on Instagram or anything else and there's a lot of bro science and which it doesn't mean it's wrong. Like it's, it's funny because a lot of this bro science, the science, it, science just isn't there to validate it or not. Yeah. It a, turns a, out a to of, be. A lot of it's anecdotal, like, uh, like, like topical fat burners. I, I'm, I'm a huge fan of them on contest prep actually. And like, mm -hmm. I swear they work. And there's a lot of people that swear they work and nobody's mm -hmm. been able to prove if it works. <laughs> yeah. And it doesn't mean that it doesn't work. It means maybe the science hasn't caught up yet, which is yeah. usually the case. Cause it's really tough to design these uh, studies in such a way with a lot of variables and stuff. But I, you know, I try to seek out people that are credentialed on one hand. Um, they're either PhDs in their field or, or whatnot, but then they're also doing the thing. They may be athletes or trainers or whatnot, or they put themselves through the same thing. So they're just not regurgitating other people's information. And they're just not also relying on, you know, anecdotal data, but a little bit of both. And then I'll generally... Uh, cross validate. So if one guy's saying something and everybody else is saying he's wrong, he could be right. But when you got like a group of, you know, three, four or five people that are all at the top of their game and they're all saying the same thing, then there's probably something to it. And then the other part of that is, you know, does it work for you? Um, I'm a, a guinea pig. I've put myself on ketogenic diets um, where I was hardcore testing my blood ketones every morning, my blood glucose, you know, doing these things. And then I could say like, Hey, this affects my body in a certain way. And, and I know it because I did it myself. Um, it might not work for you, but, um, I'm curious. I'm perpetually curious. And that's why I've tried all these different diets and splits and, you know, cold exposure and supplements is because I want to know for myself. And uh, that's the fun of it for me. So, heck yeah. You listen to a lot of audiobooks. What is one audiobook that you've listened to lately that you would recommend for me? Like, oh yeah, Colt would totally dig this book. Easy. Uh, Outlive by Peter Atia, Dr. Peter Atia. And uh, he kind of comes at it um, from a longevity standpoint, but not like in the boring way. Uh, this guy is been about performance like his whole life like you know swimming from island to island um hardcore cyclists um done all i've been following him for years and this is kind of his magnum opus where he goes through um training uh nutrition um and and, and another thing about a good source that is that willing to they're not identified with the information as far as like, if they're willing to admit they're wrong or they think differently about something based upon new emerging research, right? They're not locked in where they feel like they have to defend their standpoint because they were a certain way. But, um, you know, one thing that's really eye-opening with that book is he talks about like the four horsemen, like these are the things that are going to kill us. You know, number one, cardiovascular disease, right? Number two, um, cancer, 
you know, uh, metabolic uh, diseases like type two diabetes and then neurodegenerative uh, uh, diseases, you know, Parkinson's, Alzheimer's, all, all these things. And he breaks each one down and then he gives you like things that you can do um, to mitigate some of these. Cause a lot of people still feel like if my genetics, if let's say Alzheimer's, if I have the APOE44 allele, which is 12 times the chance to get Alzheimer's that they're doomed. And that's just not the case. Um, uh, you know, I've had my genetic testing done and luckily I have the three, three, but um you know, there's people that have the four, four that have never expressed it and stuff. So there's very few of these diseases that are solely determined by your genetics. So, um, the interplay between our genetics and our lifestyle and all our inputs and stuff is huge uh, into whether these genes get expressed or not. And so it's really hopeful when you read this book, uh, I mean, a lot of young people, I didn't give too much thought to these kind of things now uh, when I was younger, but now like, you know, I'll be 47 this year and, you know, I still want to crush it and I'm all about performance, but I'm also thinking like, I don't want to be broke off when I'm 80 years old, 90 years old. Like I still want to be able to, to do stuff. You know, I don't want to be sitting in a care home. And um, that's what he talks about is the, um, the centenarian decathlon. Like pick the 10 things that you want to be able to do when you're older, you know, and start training for it now. Cause as you know, we lose muscle mass, we lose strength, we lose stability, uh, every year over a certain age and certain things we lose faster than others. And if you don't do anything about it and you just keep putting it off, you know, it's just, it's harder to get there for one. And then if you injure yourself or it's like, um, the statistic on, yeah, if you're 60 plus and you fall and break your hip, there's a 30% morbidity chance that you will die within a year. And it's not from the fall, but it's the fact that you're bedridden, you're, you're getting sarcopenia, you're wasting all your muscle, mm -hmm. um, you know, not moving rehabilitation, all that. And so, um, and a lot of that is we lose our type two muscle fibers. So you slip off a curb or whatever, and you don't have that ability to adjust real quick and catch yourself. Um, you're, you lose your balance. You're going to fall and you're going to hurt yourself. And then your bone density is weak because you haven't been doing strength training and stuff. And so uh, that book, uh, super insightful and I can't recommend it enough. So Yeah, I'm, I'm glad you did recommend it. Yeah. Um, thank you. I just found it on Audible and I just bought it. So yeah, for sure. So thanks, dude. Yeah. Cool. Well, this is oh, and, and I got a recommendation for you actually. Um, I'm sure that you've heard of or read the book Extreme Ownership by Jocko Willett. I have it in my library. <laughs> uh the, the physical book or the audio book? I have the physical book. Okay. So I, um, so, so my, so my brother Bo and I read and, um, taught that book and I mean, just like did everything you could imagine with it. And, uh, my, 
I lost it. I don't know where my copy is, man. I'm actually heartbroken. I have my wife's copy, which is super lame because she doesn't highlight or do anything. And you know, it looks it looks like it's yeah toasted. Yeah, I may have that one on audio too because Jocko's got a great voice and yeah. Okay, and that's what I was gonna say is is the book the book is beautiful. Like the 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 pictures, the the war scenes. I mean, everything. Mm. It's it's freaking awesome. But the but the audio book is even better because his voice. I swear it sounds like the Mandalorian. Like I, I feel like I feel like Mando's yeah. talking, and <laughs> and, I just, and and there's like gunshots in the background and stuff. It's cool. If if Jocko doesn't get you like inspired, then you might want to check your pulse because you might be dead. But uh, yeah, yeah it, it, it's funny because uh, I actually have um, what is it? He made a like an album, and it's all like um. Oh, what's the name of it called? It's, I think it's called Psychological Warfare, wow. and 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 it's um one of them's like get out of bed and go to the gym. This and that. I used to have it as the alarm <laughs> on my phone, and uh, my my girlfriend at the time hated it because you know four a.m. Jocko's telling you to get your butt out of bed, and if yeah. you don't, all the things that's gonna happen, and just wake up, splash water on your face, and uh, <laughs> but uh, yeah, that's worth a a, a look too, because uh, yeah, he's a he's a phenomenal dude. So yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah but I, th- that book is super important, though. Like instead of you know blaming others, just owning oh, dude, it. Dude, it changes your life. Yeah, yeah. Any you're, any you're, problem you're, that you have in life, it's someone else's fault. It's not their fault. It's your fault. You need to fix you it. You just own it. Even if it's a situation where you could easily cast blame, is like if you can find any way where you're somewhat culpable, you know, just like parenting and stuff, like mm-hmm. you could get mad at your kid for doing something, but ultimately it's like, you know, no, I've failed you because I haven't properly shown you or taught you the importance of this and that and stuff. And it, it is so powerful and people respect that, um, you know, as a leader, or just someone to be around someone is just, because ultimately it's like the blame game only gets you so far. Let's fix the problem. And uh, yeah. that's what it's all about. So. The, and the audio books are nice because sitting down and reading a book like, okay, okay, great. But, but when you, when you listen to it, you're usually multitasking and kind of doing stuff throughout the, throughout the day, which is why we're listening to an audiobook. And then you, and, and you're just reminded of this stuff, of, of these principles constantly. It's like they're my, my, my kids, they're three and five, right? Like they, they're noisy. Like they, they, they make, they make noises that are annoying and it makes it hard to focus on whatever I'm doing. And so I can either get mad at my kids and say, Hey, be quiet. Or I can just make a personal decision to go, you know what? I'm just going to decide that those are happy noises and they could be fighting at least, at least, at least they're happy. You know what? Um, let's take extreme. Let's, let's, let's remember what, what would Jocko yeah. do? What, yeah. What, yeah, what would, exactly. what would Jesus do? What would Jocko do? WWJD. You covered on both faces. There you go. Yeah. Yeah. He's got a couple great kids books also. So uh, you may want to look into as they're getting older. Um, what? Yeah. Jocko yeah. Willen. He, he wrote, he wrote yeah. a couple no. kids books. Oh. Yeah. You don't, you don't have to look those great. Up. I got Amazon right <laughs> they're, here. They're so good. But I'll I'll uh, I'll stay in touch and let you know if there's anything uh, on the radar. As I usually do, I can only uh, keep it to myself so long before I'm like, I gotta call Colt, <laughs> bro. Okay, no, check this out. The first the first book that comes up, I just typed in Jocko Willink uh, Children. 
Way of the Warrior Kid, From Wimpy to Warrior, The Navy Seal Way, a novel, Way of the Warrior yeah. Kid. Wow. Okay. Yeah. No, my kids are reading this. Heck yeah. I'm buying this right now. <laughs> yeah. That, that one's on Audible too. I, I think I had him listen to it. And yeah, he's, he's great. <laughs> right on. I, I'm so buying that. Heck yeah. I'll apologize to my wife later. It's only five bucks. <laughs> shouldn't be too upset. <laughs> there you go. Cool, man. Well, this is usually where, where, where I say, where can people uh, follow you to find out more? Um, you're not super um, active on Instagram, are you? Or? No, I have an Instagram and, and a Facebook and, but I, I really try to tone down the social media. I, mm -hmm. I was one of those guys catch myself scrolling too much a day. And, you know, I went through a period where I was, uh, I had a fitness group on Facebook and I was running that, but it's easy to get caught up. I just, social media is a great thing, but, um, you know, you can end up, uh, liking that validation a little too much and the likes and, um, say, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm on social media because I have to be, otherwise I'm with you. I have nothing to do. No, with <laughs> no, no. If you're, it's don't take me wrong. If you're trying to grow your brand and you know, there's, there's so many positive uses, but we both know there's a lot of negativity and this and that. And, you know, I'm always trying to, uh, be present with the Mostly people that is, I'm yeah. with and, um, you know, like, Hey, let's enjoy this dinner without, I don't, I don't have to do selfies right now. Or, uh, you know, uh, the whole time I'm thinking about this workout, I'm thinking about what my post is going to be and getting the right camera shot. And it's just like, no, nah, man, I'm just, this is for me, you know? And, uh, mm -hmm. so I don't do it as much, but occasionally you'll, you'll see me throw something up there. So. Good yeah. stuff. So, yeah. But where can people find you on Instagram? Uh, I think my handle is Ladstar or it or Ladster. It I think it's L A D D S T four R. Yeah, yeah. There's the nerd in me, the little bit of uh gamer in the handle there. Oh so. dude, but okay, okay, yeah, but your last post with the um in, in your home gym, that's epic. Yeah, you kind of gotta look if you're just scrolling, you might miss it, but uh yeah, I uh cuz you got this up there. I got I got this small. I usually got a two car, three car, you know, for the mega gym uh garage, but this this little place I'm in right now, it's it's a one car garage and so it's a little tight. I have to be efficient with my space, but um uh, there's a 4x4 four four, uh that has a pull-up bar on it right above my bench press and I took a wood burning kit and I carved in you got this in big block letters because that's the exact position where i'm looking up when i'm bench pressing and you know so much of this game is or life is just mental and mental focus and um 100 so it's just those little breadcrumbs those little reminders like you know and and i see that and it always just like yep i got this let's go and so i was like how can i i was like this is a unique perspective like how can i capture this and i'm like well i can't do it one-handed this and that so what i ended up doing with that picture is i stuck a gopro on my on my head and then i had it on the time lapse because you probably wouldn't even think about it just looking at it but you're like if you look at it both my hands are there like how'd i take that picture <laughs> and uh and so yeah i have it i yeah. have it just, i have it on a every half second and it probably i probably over the course of the workout took like 200 pictures and there's only a couple that 
were turned out just right where they were in yeah. focus but uh, i was like oh that turned out pretty cool so i thought i'd throw that up there my only my, my only critique is you should probably shave your arms other than that <laughs> I, I know i know like when i was showing me my quads when i was up there i still think about that and i'm like yeah and then when, when robert sykes was here like his, his his legs are shaved of course and like the definition on this dude's legs and oh. arms and just everything man like he doesn't have a piece of body hair on him except for his face <laughs> yeah peeled well if you ever talk me into doing like a master's competition or something when i retire then i will shave my my body for you cole no oh, i'll get to work on my speech for that because i would love to talk yeah. to you in a master competition yeah. that'd be fun man dude that would be so much fun to share a stage together yeah I, i'm not discounting it because I, I like to challenge myself and then especially when i retire i'll have more time for those kind of endeavors so we'll see do it man get a get get rob get robert's book ketogenic bodybuilding that that if, if, yeah. you, if you just do everything exactly the way that he says and treat it as gospel that's mm -hmm. what i did for my first competition last year and it mm -hmm. man, works beautifully yeah that's awesome yeah, yeah. Well, cool brother um that okay so yeah everybody follow uh robert on instagram at lads uh, st4r and uh other than that he's not super active on social media so i guess you better be subscribed to the podcast because you'll hear him in like a year sounds good cuz anytime cool thanks again man yeah yeah love you brother take care love you, love you too bro Hey podcast, thank you so much for joining us for this entire episode. If you found this helpful, please pay it forward by sharing with a friend. Your rating and reviews got us to where we're at. So if you are not subscribed to the show, please do that so we can continue to grow the channel and share the knowledge. Thank you very, very much in advance. We do not accept donations, uh, but I will leave you with a couple ways to support the show if you would like to do that. Uh, first of all, we are set up with all the supplements, salts, merchandise, and even Skullbells workout equipment to fuel your journey inside and beyond the gym. Supersetyourlife.com after three years is still the home of our patented skull-themed dumbbells, barbells, and deltoid desolator cable attachments. Keto bricks can be purchased through our website, supersetyourlife.com. In episode 158 with Keto Greg, IPE pro bodybuilder and keto brick sales manager, we went over all things ketogenic bodybuilding after he helped us get set up on a wholesale reselling account. Flavors, we have Bell's Brownie Batter, Nootropic Icing, Toasted Almond, Chocolate Peanut Butter, Milk and Cookies, and Mocha. Looking at my shelf right now and just double checking and yep, they are all in stock. Anything that you, any keto brick flavors that you like that we don't have, just let us know. We'll make sure we get those on our next stock order. Carnivore crisps. These things are tasty. Between these and keto bricks, these are our road trip solutions. Great for camping, hikes, and I even put them in my bone broth just to give them a little bit of texture. Ooh, I'm about to have bone broth right now, actually, so it's not a bad idea. Uh, heart and brisket. Those are my two favorite. The heart tastes great because, like, when else do I have an opportunity to eat heart? Not very often. Um, and the brisket has a one-to-one -one protein to fat ratio. So if you're tracking your macros and you're trying to keep those fat numbers, keeping up with your protein, um, that's pretty helpful. The code COLT10 saves you 10%. And again, you can find those at carnivorecrisps.com. Um, new weight belts are in stock. Uh, we've been selling quite a few of them, but we still have all sizes in stock. So they are custom made by Aesthetics out of Boise, Idaho. They are genuine brown leather with our Skull Bells logo on them. Same belt that I use for pretty much all of my weight training. I can't remember the last workout where I didn't use it, actually. Um, they're more comfortable than my heavy-duty Inzer belt and uh, haven't popped a rib out of place. <laughs> so, um, so far, it's working great. 
um, that, that, that tends to happen with the heavier duty belts when I'm pushing the heavy squat numbers. Let's see. Uh, when I'm not using this thing, it's wrapped around my backpack in case I need to lift anything heavy. And it looks super cool, so why not? That's kind of the fad, if you don't know. <laughs> um, lastly, Celtic Sea Salt, Redmond Real Salt, and Metabolic Nutrition Performance Supplements are fully stocked and can be purchased at supersetyourlife.com. All purchase goes towards supporting the show. One last thing. If you haven't heard about our new podcast called Carnivore Coach's Corner, you got to check that one out. Jonathan Griffiths, the, con the, the composition consultant from the UK himself, has been co-hosting the show with Mark and myself for now over three months. We were having so much fun on his YouTube channel that we decided to turn it into a podcast instead. So here we are. We collaborate weekly to discuss listener questions, consultation FAQs, and trending topics related to the carnivore diet and hypertrophy training. Thanks again so much for listening. God bless, much love, and catch you on episode 164.